2: Hi, I'm Tane, and I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast.
3: Hey, hey, hey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Married at First Sight, season 16, episode 18. Hi, Aid. How are you?
2: I am good. How are you?
3: I'm okay. I thought that I was, like, excited that, you know, spring is in the corner, summer's around the corner, but I don't know. It's gotten cold again, and I feel unmotivated again. I'm not happy about the cold.
2: I I don't understand how it's cold in May.
3: Yeah, it's weird. I heard it got cold for a few days in Texas. Is that true or no?
2: Um, cold? I mean, it depends. It wasn't, like, freezing. If it was cold, I barely remember it. Okay. Well, not freezing. I will say it's cold. getting hot, and my AC <laughs> doesn't work, so. <laughs> but that's a whole nother issue. Yeah, we are.
3: It's just fifties. It's okay, but yeah, the sun is gonna come through. But other than that, it's okay. I'm excited. I love summer, my best favorite weather. So, I'm excited. Looking forward to the weather change, and lots of TV. I...
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so much TV this week. Yeah, so much. But,
3: all right. Can you update the people on what we have
2: going on? So, over on Patreon, guys, last week, we just decided to talk about Ultimate Girls Trip. So, that's there. This week, because many of you requested it, we did Seeking Brother Husbands. (laughs) Now, we must say... (laughs) We recorded Seeking Brother Husbands, and then the next day we found out that it was there was a lot that was not said on that show that was far more interesting than what they even did show us. That we suspected but, that there was a
3: lot missing.
2: <laughs> the number of things that Tane was like, I wonder about, and then the answer was like, oh, wow, <laughs> that was a good thing to wonder about. It was shocking to me.
3: He was on but, Instagram uh, all along.
2: <laughs> we just didn't bother <laughs> So, yeah, go check out Seeking Brother Husbands on Patreon. And then, of course, as usual, we will have After Party up on Monday. Um, It sounds like this week uh, we're not going to have After Party for another three weeks. So we'll just play it by ear. We'll keep you posted. Wait, we don't? Or, or, Or I misunderstood Keisha. But Keisha said come back in three weeks for After Party after the altar or whatever. And I guess those are the ones that Jamel is hosting. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, then I misunderstood. I thought this was her last one, but it will be. Okay, got it.
2: All right, Tame. What's going on with Married at First Sight people? All right. What is going on? So
3: Beth of Beth and Jamie, she started posting again, but she is not addressing the split. Not at all. <laughs> She's just posting about makeup, walking to dogs, enjoying the weather, her food but nothing about the split, which I guess is the best way to go. Well, I don't know. It's personal.
2: Um, okay. (laughs) I I just thought she would at least have a rebuttal, but you know what? If she's not saying anything props, because I feel like after everything her soon to be ex-husband said, I would want to get my own side out there.
3: Well, it's kind of like you remember what you say about, like, the love is blind people. Like, everyone's made up their mind, kind of. Like, just let it go. It'll die down anyways until you're ready. That is true. (laughs) But speaking of not addressing a split, we got a message from a listener, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. I'm mentioning or asking us if we saw Miles on couple's couch wearing his ring Um. We don't watch Coppola's Couch, but coincidentally, he they came up this week, after this week's episode, like after After Party and all that, and I caught a little bit of it. He is, in fact, wearing his ring, and he does this weird thing where he like clasps his hand. And I wouldn't say he's hiding it, but I mean, clearly you can see it, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. It felt like he was kind of just trying to not make it high key, but if he's trying to make it low key, he just wouldn't wear it. But clearly they're not together because if they were, they would do Couples Couch together and not him and Bennett. So that is very interesting to me that Miles is still wearing his ring.
2: Very interesting. It's either they're not together, but they don't want to talk about it, but you want to come on Couples Couch. What? Or they're still working on things and don't feel like going public with anything, but they don't want to record together. Who knows? But all of the above is possible without wearing your ring.
3: You can be Thank a cop culture though. There's a lot of singles. There's nothing. Bennett is not addressing anything, <laughs> and he's on there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a choice to keep wearing your ring. Um, but Gil from Houston is now on Cameo. I always think everyone knows what Cameo is, but for those who don't know, it's kind of like a platform where D-list reality show people. Can go on, and then you can request a personalized message as a gift, and you just pay them to do it, and they do it for you. So he's on there, and Gil charges $50.
2: That's reasonable. What I find funny about Cameo is you just said it, and I'm like, I feel like it's losing its moment. Like, for a time there, I felt like everybody was buying their friend's cameos. Mm-hmm. I will say, mainly on Reddit, people be like, I got a cameo from so-and-so. Now that mm-hmm. I think about it, people aren't really doing it anymore. But good luck, Gil.
3: <laughs> that is reasonable. I was trying to gauge where he is. Um, You guys know I'm obsessed with the challenge. But if you know who Chauncey is, he's kind of like a newbie. He charges $25. And there are only two people I want a cameo from, Candy or C T from the challenge. So I went to go check how much C T charges and he's at $160. So Is Candy even on Cameo? She's not. <laughs> <laughs> she is not. Because back like when you said when the boom of cameos were going on, I think my friends are trying to get me one and there weren't a lot of housewives on there. So I ended up with one with Luann or something. But um Gil so my point is Gil is doing pretty good for fifty dollars. So, yeah. Um, Danielle, like I mentioned last week from Dallas, is pregnant with her third child. And she did a gender reveal. And she did it with a link and was like, you know, click on my YouTube to see what it's like. Please, please, please. There were three pleases. Subscribe. And I find it interesting. I am not knocking her hustle at all. But again, I just would never forget during her season when she made it very clear I will never be a stay at home. I have to work. I'm not doing this, this, this. And here we are, putting three pleases, begging us to subscribe to your YouTube channel. And I'm like,
2: life life is something. But was it a boy or a girl? Oh, um, it's a girl. Okay. So that pink vibrator
3: was right. (laughs) The pink vibrator was right. I mean, I guess I just. I should have just said the gender. I think what it was, is like, I'm very uninterested in Danielle. That's why I missed that she was pregnant this whole time. I usually skip her stories. Um, she did do a ask me anything, and there was a whole bunch of questions. I will say, um, oh, so someone did ask about the help syndrome, and she said she's just worried about it being an emergency, but she's not really worried about it. And you were correct. She had it for both children, but the second one wasn't as bad um, as the first one. The one question I did, I was hoping someone asked was back when I was like way into her stories, Danielle did a lot of not complaining because, you know, it's hard work being a stay-at-home mom and working about just being able to keep it together, how she feels insecure, like other moms seem to get it together and she doesn't. And she just seemed to have her hands full. So I was curious to know if this third kid was like planned or not, because she seems like she was at her... Not breaking point, but she couldn't take any more. So I'm surprised that they're going for a third kid. And someone asked if um, Bobby was going to do more or something like that. And she's like, he better or something like that, that for the most part that he gets paternity leave. But for the most part, it's usually just her. Her parents are coming down. And she touched a little bit about the relationship with her mom. And they didn't want to come down for the longest time. And now they're going to be here. But after that, it's just going to be all her. Which is all the more reason why I wanted to know, like, how did they get to a third kid? Because I remember Bobby really not even wanting a second kid. So that was my curiosity.
2: Uh and it wasn't really fulfilled, your curiosity, but <laughs> oh, well.
3: Oh, well. Um, Haley and Lindsay linked up. I don't know. It took me a minute to remember that they weren't on the same season. I don't know where they were or where they met. My guess is California, but... They did. Um, Miles is starting a YouTube channel for his passion project, another reason why they're not together. So he's asking us what kind of content we want to see. Um, they are the most interesting story from former um MAFS participants was from Courtney from season one, who if you may remember was married to Jason. She's in the final month of her pregnancy. Um She's still doing endorsement for factory meals, which I find interesting because we talk a lot about how much um, how many how much reach do they have So for her from season one to how many years later to still have reach I'm happy for her. but anyways, the point is someone left a comment for her saying that you are so huge and I hope you stop drinking for the sake of your baby and was just mean. And then she said, responded with, shut the fuck up before I sit on you, which I thought was the best (laughs) thing ever. But she did a story and was like, this account was a made up account just to insult her. And if she had to make a guess that this is the new partner of one of her exes. And she's like, you guys put it together. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is Jason. Because who else do we care about? I don't know who else she dated. that if we remember she used to harass her on the internet and I'm like, what? For those of you who don't know, Jason is remarried to a British lady named Roxanne. Um, she used to be an actress. like so she had some kind of clout. I mean, I think she's irrelevant now, but to chase someone online and to harass them and be a troll for your ex that doesn't even care, move to North Carolina or South Carolina, got remarried has two kids like what are you doing so she came back online to say like after she said that all of a sudden that account is gone and disappeared and it's not there anymore and i'm just like guys she needs to get a life but yeah that was the most interesting story to me
2: trolling a pregnant woman that's crazy i i mean i would say the fact that the account disappeared is not proof of of innocence or guilt from the person that she accused. Mm-hmm. So I hope that the person she accused is actually the one who did it. Cause it would be kind of mean to accuse somebody if they didn't. I really don't care.
3: Even if she's wrong <laughs> for the fact that she harassed her at some point in her life for a very long time, for a very long time. I think that's equity. She can accuse Fair her enough. she's wrong. I don't care. <laughs> Fair and, enough. <laughs> finally, if you live in Chicago, the producers for Mavs, they're shooting in Chicago. I think we mentioned that. Some time ago, they're looking for junior producers, field producers. So if you're trying to get into the field, get on maps and then send us tea under the table. We won't out you. I promise. <laughs> That's it.
2: <laughs> All
3: right, guys, we will be right back to get into episode 18.
2: Life doesn't happen biweekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download
3: Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Altocall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Altocall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings location, daily max, and pay period max, See earnin.com TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash M-A-F-S.
2: You guys know I don't drink very much, so Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences.
3: Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off and those cravings when you feel like you could eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with Estro Control.
2: You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com. And use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Okay. We're back. This week we had an episode. I, I, what did you think of the episode? (laughs) Same old
3: same. End this season. Dead it. Send it to its grave. We're done. We don't care what else they need to do to make it work. We already know who's going to make it work. We are done. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. They're all coming back from the retreat. They're back to Nashville. Nicole and Chris are the first couple that we see. Chris said, based on this weekend, he feels like Eris and Jazz and Shaq and Kirsten made the biggest strides. And honestly, if I were Kirsten and Shaq, I'd be offended. Like you're putting me in the same category as people who can't even get started on the attraction part. So (laughs) I'm sure he meant it differently, but I'm just saying. So Nicole says Jazz and Aries were the biggest, and she notices that when they do this, they leave themselves out of it, but they are growing and they are facing things. So basically she just wants them to give themselves props, which I ain't mad at it. Give yourself props. Um, She says that she saw his competitive side and vice versa. And then we see the flashback of the putt-putt golf. Mm-hmm. He, that he calmed her down, like if he wasn't there, and he helped her not to be her usual self and take it so seriously. And then she said, you know, did you feel the need to use their safe word pineapple at any point, which I had completely for- forgotten about. So I'm glad they did the flashback. Cause I would have been like, what are you talking about?
2: And so I've never
3: seen him use it. So, <laughs> so he's like, he was like, was there any time that you wanted to use it? And it was their safe word. If the old Nicole came out and he would just say it and then she'll stop. I'm like, that actually sounds awful. It sounds like a thing, like you tell a dog, like, sit, stop. (laughs) And it's like, it doesn't sound so great. Um, She says, was there any situation that he wanted to use it and did not say it? And he said, no, because I've just never had to. That I know that, you know, she's been told that she's too much in the past. And instead of using the word that he can just give her a look or a touch. And he thinks it's a good idea to get rid of it. I am with you, Chris. And then I didn't, think it was immediately because they went right into the living room and stayed clearing all the pineapple stuff. And boy, was there a lot of pineapple stuff. <laughs> there was like lightings, there was like fixtures, there was like everything. But also we learned that Nicole and Chris are people who travel and unpack immediately. I am not one of them, but
2: they are. I thought it was hilarious that they were having this conversation in a closet. In closet. Because last week when they were doing those pictures, Shaq was in a closet with Chris. She was in a closet with Kirsten. I was like, what is with all these closets? It doesn't seem like a very like useful place to film either.
3: <laughs> uh, so um, Nicole says in the confessional that she can come off strong and be a lot, but he loves her in her good days and her bad days. And again, you see them remove all the pineapple stuff and you just know Chris has been holding that in for a while. Like he just got rid of everything. So we move on to Jasmine and Eris. They get into bed and he thanks her for making the retreat fun, welcoming, lit. I'm like, she didn't host it. It was all of you, but okay. So he said he hopes um, everyone makes the best decision with no regrets and that Jasmine has shown improvement and she just needs to continue speaking up. I'm like, oh my God. Of course he says which you're already doing. If you remember, Aid said this last week. Whenever anyone says something they need to work on, they quickly add with, you're already doing that anyway. So then technically that is not what you need to be doing. (laughs) So, um, then the next thing is, well, what do you need from me to help in our relationship? And I checked the time just nine minutes into the episode. So it's going to be a long one. And she was like, well, just for you to continue to create a safe space, um, for me, Um, He says he has no issue if she initiates, like, a hand grab or a hug, which she already has done. (laughs) But (laughs) but, um, she wants him, and she in turn says, like, she wants him to feel like he wants it if she does it. And then we move to Gina and Clint, except there's no Gina. It's really Clint and Hank. And it's funny because the intro music was just some kind of like country rock music. And I'm like, you just know it was Gina and Clint that was coming up. But it's just Clint taking a ride with Hank and letting us know that that's his bro for life. And he just really loves the dog. And then also telling us that things with him and Gina are going well. Okay. And they go through a drive through. I guess it was Starbucks because he ordered a poppuccino or something like that. And... That is what we watch them do and watch Hank drink it or eat it. And I'm like, wow, we really do not have content that we are watching this clip. But somebody says, well, Clinton and Hank are the true couple anyway, so we might as well watch their content.
2: I guess. I mean, that's the one that I wonder, are they going to get to stay together?
3: <laughs> exactly. What happens afterwards? <laughs> um, Shaq and Kirsten. Kirsten is meeting up with her brother, William. Yeah, you heard me right. Her brother. William when we have like less than 7 days left we are finally meeting a family
2: member um um so the funny thing about William is that he caught the bouquet at the wedding not the bouquet the garter at the wedding okay so i guess what i'm saying is we did meet him we just have not seen him since that day i do not count weddings as okay. the family, because they have to be there. So after the
3: wedding, like meeting other families, we've seen other people's sisters, mom, everything. We have not seen anybody from Gina and uh, Kirsten, just friends. So she right. tells him "Um, their marriage has been up and down, but they're not having intentional conversations like life after decision day. And he asks, what does she think? And she says, like, what does she think about Decision Day? Like, where does she stand about her decision? And she says she's not sure because she doesn't feel emotionally connected to him. There's no physical affection. And he's not trying to win her over. And they're just living with each other and existing. Um, Did that
2: surprise you, Ade? Mm, Yeah, because last week I don't think that was the answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was part of the answer. It's not like she didn't raise these things. It just sounds much more dire in this conversation.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. And, And that's the thing. And this is just how their relationship is. You think everything is great. And then they say something and it's like, whoa, you're way behind than we thought. So she says that he's trying to insert himself in so many things. And I can agree with that. Like Shaq at this point is spread too thin. And her brother says that's why she feels disconnected that he does have to find a way to find balance. Like as a man, he's trying to do all these things probably for their marriage, but he has to find a way to connect with her at the same time. So then he asked her, is there something that you need to fix or is he the happiest man in the world? And that just made me laugh so hard. (laughs) I don't know why, (laughs) but just the way he said it. And she's like, well, I mean, he says he's happy, but I know he wants to meet the family. And I can take the initiative to do that and that will make him happy. And I, I I thought that was not insightful because he's clear about that, but I think that was good of Kirsten to acknowledge. Like it could be easily dismissed like, yeah, 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 you want to be my family? There's nothing I can do if they don't have time. But I thought it was good that she realizes or recognizes that it is something that is important to him.
0: Okay.
3: So, um. So she says that she's going to invite the family to dinner, but it's just going to be her, her brother, and their mom, because they're the only ones that are available. And she's going to take him to their dad. And I'm like, this man does not want to meet him. Um, We get more detail in After Party, but I don't know. I still side-eye the whole thing, because why wasn't that said the whole time? But we'll talk about that then. Um, her brother was like, well, if you're taking him to dad, you have to make sure he's the right one that he's the judge, he can see through everything. And Kirsten ends it with, if they're meant to be they are but she wants to feel it. And right now she's not feeling
2: it 100%. So yeah, I just think the dad thing is weird. But you know, that's their family. Um, I think it's the type of thing where an in law walks in and you're like, uh, you know, this is kind of strange. But we'll see, we'll see how Shaq eventually, if he ever gets to meet this man, uh, fits into that dynamic. But what is it that you think is strange? Oh, you know, he's going to be, have to be perfect. Oh, you know, dad's going to have an opinion. Oh, it's just, it's strange to me.
3: Yeah. I'm with you. It's the whole thing, like when people say, oh, I'm going to have to have a gun. When you're taking my, my daughter to prom, are you the this, are you that? I'm like, do you forget what it's like to be a human being? Like. What are you doing? And I just am never, I'm not a fan of people making things harder for the people. Like, it's hard enough to meet new people. So why would you want to make them uncomfortable in some way? Like, just be. So we move on to Chris, who is meeting up with his brother. And his brother is a life coach. I don't know if we knew this before, but it was new to
2: me. Okay. I don't you... think we would have heard about it. Oh, okay. Because we've met the brother. Is life before. coach a real job? Yes. <laughs> okay, if you say so.
3: <laughs> yes, it is. At some point in my life, I wanted to be a life coach, and I went to check how much it would be to go to school. I was still in Texas, and I looked it up in TCU. They had a program, and I just wasn't willing to take student
2: loans. So, yes, yes. <laughs> but you, you didn't need to do that. I'm telling you, people just put out a shingle and say they're a life coach. <laughs> I think I want it to be legit <laughs> and
3: okay you able to help people not pull it out my ass. <laughs> okay. But anyways, yeah, because we've met him before, I wasn't sure if it's been mentioned and I forgot. So they meet at a, it's like a vintage car kind of set up and to talk. Um, he says he feels good about where he and Nicole are, that she has a more intense personality, but they balance each other out. And, His brother asked him, is there anything that she could do better? Chris says, before they said, I love you, she kept questioning, you know, what, that she kept questioning, you know, everything he said, and that he told her that she's going through things and resolving things. And if he's not here for it, he just needs to let her know right now, and that she can be self-critical. And I don't think he ever answered his brother's question. He just said all of that. And then he quickly added it with, but she's better at it now. Like, she's not as intense. And he says he's just thinking, can he see himself with this woman for the rest of his life? Like, what is life after the process? And is this what happiness is? And is this going to last after decision day?
2: And that was it. I feel like he ended that with, yes, but they just didn't show us.
3: <laughs> And then we get a cameo from Mr. McKinley. Clinton McKinley are suddenly working out. I'm guessing at the apartment gym, he had like this weird audio, like an echo. Yes. So why didn't they just pick somewhere else? (laughs) So McKinley straight up asks Clint, have you made any moves on her? Have you made any progress? And Clint says, no, he hasn't. Clint, by the way, is wearing his beloved Jamaica shirt. And he (laughs) says how he accidentally grazed um, Gina's, butt once and he's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And Gina is like, Oh, you don't have to apologize. So he's saying all these nice things about her that everything else is strong. And it's like, in you know, a better friendship than he's had in other relationships. And, you know, she's working on trying to get out of work mode because she's so work focused. And I'm like, Oh, look at this man saying all these nice things. But if it's Gina, she will say all of the bad things about him. So he does say, though, that, you know, because she's trying to work on these things, that she is adaptable and moldable. And I'm like, yikes. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't mean it that way, but eek, don't use those. So McKinley says in a confessional that he's surprised that they are not attracted to each other, that Gina's an attractive person, and he's sure that she found him attractive when they met and then lists all of the things that they have in common. And then he flat out just says that, he, yeah, he wishes he was matched with her over Dom. And if she wasn't married, maybe they'd go out on a date. Well, clearly, the question the producer asked was, "Did you, do you wish you were matched with Gina? And clearly, based on next week's preview, they are setting us up for something.
2: It's just super interesting. For weeks, weeks, they have been showing the preview of McKinley saying, oh, I slipped into her DMs. For weeks, they showed us the preview of Dom kissing Clint. And then there has been no payoff. Four weeks. (laughs) They are waiting to the very end.
3: (laughs) So Clint asks how he's doing. He says he's been going on a couple of dates, and he doesn't think there's anything wrong with that, that he knew um, Dom for 14 days. And Aid, what do you think? Is it too early for him to date, or is it fine that he's already going on dates?
2: I mean, it's probably fine that he's already going on dates. Different people react differently. Like some people are like, "Oh, I need time to recover." I, McKinley doesn't need time for to recover from that nightmare. I yeah. do wonder. Like, there's nothing in the contract because if you're going on dates, then it's going to be pretty clear that your marriage didn't work out before the show even starts. So, but that never seems to stop anybody.
3: Again, we had somebody on a dating app while still filming. (laughs) But, you know, we've had conversations offline and we wonder so much. I think one of the dream things would be to have a producer and ask all of these questions because we've been talking about their contract and how ironclad or not ironclad is it? Because you're right. If we're supposed to not know what's going on and all that, how are you going on dates? And then at this time, I guess the show's not airing, but at some point it's going to air. So do you? is there a certain time where it's like, okay, you can date, but right now, stop. Don't date anymore. Like, I don't know. I wonder
2: what that looks like. I would love uh, to see it. Love to see a contract. <laughs> I wonder how much of it is contracts, though, or just like keeping in good with the producers for future opportunities. Mm.
3: That's true. Because clearly... The producers are setting up something and they're working with McKinley on this, with this whole Gina thing. It does not seem organic. Although I got to say, do you remember in the beach in the very, very beginning where he said Gina wasn't attractive? Okay. Yeah. So maybe it is. is, I think it's organic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's just weird because if you're going to slip into her DMs, why are you chatting with her husband? What Uh, if he had said yes we've moved on like what was your plan that's the part that i'm not fully getting unless the producers are playing on the fact that they know he finds her attractive and it's like let's see what we can make happen with Ugh. this but anyways anyway. so clint says that he doesn't think there's anything wrong i don't think there's anything wrong i know i'm of the opinion like if you're in a relationship you need to you know purge yourself of it get rid of all detox and all that stuff but these people didn't know each other like i mean i don't know that it counts so Clint says, why would you deprive yourself the opportunity to meet the right person? And McKinley asks him what his plan is after all this is over. And Clint says he is taking time off, going for sailing regatta's, and and then he remembers that, oh yeah, you are married. And he's like, Well, if he has Gina in it, then great. So <laughs> guess we all know what that means. Um, we see Shaq video calling his friend Sherman. And his friend asked him how he's doing mentally. He says he's a six or seven out of 10, still trying to balance everything. I thought a six or seven out of 10 mentally is a good thing. But like I mentioned, I caught a little bit of couples couch and Haley was like, mentally six out of seven, that's not a good thing. I'm like, post COVID, that's a great thing. (laughs) I
2: I feel like that's pretty high average. But I feel like if you're not saying a nine out of 10 this close to decision day, this is not good. Okay. So, um,
4: his
3: friend asks, um, how far out they are from decision day. He goes a few days and he says it's tricky because they are trying to vibe they're growing, but are they growing together? And his friend is like, well, these are just all the growing pains. And in reality, it's just going to be a lifelong journey for you to get to know each other. So Sherman asks about the family producer induced, of course. And, um, Shaq says that, On his end, he includes her in his family. When they call, he puts you on speakerphone, they talk. But he hasn't met her dad. And I found it interesting that he said dad and not family. So I wondered if this call happened after he met her her mom. Or when she came to visit. Or if it's just the, the, like the wedding, he counts that as it is. And then he didn't meet the dad at the
2: wedding. Yeah, I I think that most people would count. The wedding is meeting her mom. So I I think that, yeah, that's the way he's counting it. He has met her mom. He has not met her dad at all.
3: Okay. And I think the only reason why there's a caveat for me with him is because he keeps saying, I don't interact with your family. I don't interact with your family. And I'm like, if you met them already at the wedding, does that count? Does that not? But Shaq is hard to please. We're learning. So Gina and Jasmine, we were just talking about them last week, Aid saying that they don't go on friend dates, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> they meet at a stripper, what is it, stripper pole class, or a poll class, just a pole class, and Jasmine is like, both of us have the same issues, our husbands don't find us attractive. I'm like, wow, <laughs> what um, a way to say that.
2: <laughs> wow. But you know, I, appreci- I always appreciate honesty, and that <laughs> sure is the truth. And- it's just, the difference is Gina doesn't, Clint doesn't really find Gina attractive either, but Jasmine does find Iris attractive. So you aren't quite in the same boat.
3: I think that Clint
2: finds Gina attractive.
3: I really do. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, since they're there, she just wants them to do something, showing that they're getting their sexy back. And when you go for a pole class, you're supposed to wear heels, like thin heels. Gina is wearing like winter boots with the heels that are so clunky And I'm like, what was your plan for this class? And also, they were playing the after party theme music. The get up, get up. It's got to get the, I'm like, this is. Wow, I did not notice that. Oh, man, I did. I was like, this is not working, guys. And then from nowhere, Eris walks in. And I'm like, what? And then he says that, Eris tells us that he heard that she was taking a class. I'm like, from who, Eris? And I can't believe that Eris kicks everyone out and everyone leaves, including Gina. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's just Eris and Jasmine in there and he's like, go. And then Jasmine is pretty good at it. I mean, she's getting those moves, doing that twerk and Eris is just spraying them ones. I couldn't tell if it was real ones, but he was all up in there till it was done. In spite of all of that, guys, this was very awkward to me. I just thought it was very awkward. Because I'm just like, there's a cameraman there. I don't know if she's doing this with music. It didn't sound like there was music. And it was just weird.
2: Agreed. Um, These stripper pole things are always... Seem very awkward. No one looks natural. I mean, Jasmine was good at it. But it didn't look, like, natural. And like you said, we know there's a... It's a lot. It's a lot.
3: (laughs) And she wasn't expecting Eris, And we know that Jasmine can be a little bit shy. So, anyways... We go to commercial and guys, um, they advertise this Mary J. Blige movie. So if you remember, see it, support. Um, Shaq and Kirsten. Sha- Kirsten comes back home and Shaq says that he's making her breakfast for dinner. And she makes a joke that Shaq is trying to fluff her up, that she's gained weight since they got married. And then she brings up the conversation with her brother. She tells um, him that she's inviting her family over for dinner. Shaq is like, really? And then he's like, why has it taken this long? Like, she says, people are working. He's like, well, people make time for what they want. I'm like, Shaq, just take the win. Don't make a fight. And then he's like, I just want to know. I'm trying to understand why it took this long to happen. Is it me? Is it them? Is it Kirsten? I'm just trying to figure out. And Kirsten looks at him. She gives him a look. She decided not to choose violence. And she's like, no, it's the scheduling. And then Shaq says, well, that's weird. And then maybe it's just a lack of communication and she's been asking, but it's weird to just not stop by and to show up for her, that his family would show up without a moment, um, hesitation, and it's strange to him. And he tells her again, like if there's a hesitation on their end because they don't trust me, that's cool too. And she shares that sometimes she just wants him to make her feel like he likes her and sometimes she doesn't feel it. Sorry, I went ahead, but did you think Shaq had a right to ask? Should he just have taken the win, but did it make any sense for him to keep asking why it took
2: this long? Yeah, I. I oddly enough, I, I could see both sides. I thought it was okay for Shaq to ask because I do think it's something you need to know when you're going into things. And I'm not really sure that I bought Kirsten's answer. It's hard because everybody's family is different. And Shaq is going in with the expectations from the life that he's lived with his own family. Yeah. And Kirsten is just like, but my family is different.
3: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. I was just thinking on the end of like, there's no point asking. Her answer hasn't changed. From the first few times that he asked why they haven't met She did say, like, there just hasn't been time. We don't believe it, but I don't think the answer is going to change. And sometimes in your relationship, you have to pick your battles. The thing that you've been wanting for, the end result is here now. You are meeting them. Nitpicking as to why this, this, and there's a time and place for everything. Meet them and then just just take the win and keep it going. I just thought it was pointless because Kirsten is not going to change her answer just because you want a different answer. So, um. Yeah, so she shares with him that she just wants him to make her feel like, you know, he wants to be with her and she doesn't feel it. And then when he comes home, she doesn't feel like he's actually even happy to be here. And then we get what to me was the most interesting thing of the night, the dateline cam. And they show like six different enough evidence to show like. Different times where Shaq comes in and she's like, oh, do you want me to make you salmon and broccoli? He's like, I'm fine. Do you want me to do this? How was your day? And he just walks right past her. And I'm like, okay, I think we can conclude that Shaq is a moody guy.
2: He's moody. And this was not actually that surprising to me. Because we have seen him do this. Yeah. He comes home and he's just very moody. And I'm waiting for like, if you know who you are, Where's your apology? Yeah. Like, if you walk in, uh, to me, it's the height of rudeness. How are you going to walk in and not greet people who you live with? Your wife? Your
3: wife. Especially when it seemed like, like when she's sleeping in the couch, it seems like she's mentioned in the past how he comes late and she stays up late just to be there when he comes back. So you can't whine about wanting support and then she's trying to show it to her and then you're ignoring her. Then you want her to follow you to Memphis and you're treating her like this? I'm not going anywhere.
2: <laughs> I, I when when Kirsten said, "I am not sure that you like me," I was like, "This makes perfect sense."
4: Yes,
3: because
2: if someone treated me this way, I would be very confused too. Yes,
3: and and we say this all the time, guys. When situations arise on reality shows, the producers will always show you where they stand, and showing us this proof, which they did not have to show us, is just validation. Like she's not crazy, because it's very easy to think like. Oh, you're just making up stuff. Shaq does like you. And to your point, Aide, where you're saying like, um, where's your apology? In all of the confessionals, he is never taking responsibility like, oh, I know I'm busy, so sometimes I bring my bad mood home and I could work better on it. He has never said that. Ever.
2: It's amazing to me Shaq's fall from grace. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Clint's rise to the top. <laughs> so... Yeah, so she, lo- she tells him, she's like, that's weird to me. Like, what are we even doing here? Like, do we even like each other? And he says, well, we've never had a conversation about it. And I didn't know that you felt that way. And she says, well, I'm telling you now. And we can work on it.
2: And I'm like, yes, Kirsten. That was good. I like that. And I'm like, didn't she tell you in Gatlin <laughs> l- last week? <laughs> she told you. I heard her. All right, guys, we will be right back. We are back to Dr. Pepper telling lies. (laughs) She says now that Jasmine and Eris are open to intimacy, they get this exercise to help them open up even more. I I think we're supposed to believe that because she pole danced a little, they're open to intimacy. Okay. Interpret how you will. (laughs) So they get a box of stuff. I think it's the same box that other couples got literally four weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's got handcuffs, there's some feathers, there's blindfolds. So Eris puts on a blindfold and Jasmine like plays with a feather. And then he says, this feather would probably feel better on my gooch. Jasmine is scandalized. I don't know what a gooch is, but I have some guesses. Oh, we will talk about, well, we will talk about it in the after party. So Eris um, has her put on a blindfold and he's like, see, when you do your pageants, you can come home and get a nice foot massage. I, you know, we have seen Jasmine doing this type of stuff for Eris all the time. I was very happy that she got herself a nice foot massage out of this man.
4: <laughs>
2: she says that he's pretty good at foot massages. They play some sex music. I still think these two are not really into this. They are not. It was
3: awkward. It was a hot, <laughs> my words were a hot mess of a scene. It was just, <laughs> ugh, yeah,
2: uncomfortable. No. Air says they can try the handcuffs, they use the massager, he could get used to this. Then he asks if she wants to be a dominatrix. And she's, she's like, huh. And he's like, slap me. So it takes her three times to slap him the way that I guess he's somewhat aiming for.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh boy. I don't think she really slapped him. I don't think she has it in her. No. She was uncomfortable. And once again, in an interview, repeats that he's a sexual person, but he doesn't know what married sex looks like. So the potential intimacy is slowly starting. Five days before decision day? What's the point?
3: And you know, the way he said it, it's like something he wants to check out his box. Like, it's just, have you ever had married sex? Yep, I have. Not necessarily because I want to be intimate with my wife. It's just like, you know, the difference between married sex and single sex is
2: X, Y, Z. It's just something he wants to check off. He wants to educate himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Um, thankfully, that's over for now. Next up, we have Nicole FaceTiming Charlie, her dad. We like Charlie most of the time. Um, <laughs> I liked him here. They have this whole, like, I don't know what to do on decision day. She didn't really say that. She just says, what can he say? He's like, it's her, your decision. I'm um, <laughs> he yep. said if he was a loser or a serial killer that i would say something different but since he isn't those things it's up to you
3: he sounded impatient he's just like is it that you say yes or no what are you having
2: this conversation about like what do you want me to tell you i thought his impatience was nicole i already know you're saying yes now i'm forced to do this camera thing to act like you might say something besides yes okay i'll do it come on um <laughs> uh nicole says that No, her dad says that Chris is emotionally stable and he's really supportive. Nicole reiterates, the only thing she's stressed about is the living situation. Her dad agrees with her that living separately is a step backwards, which is exactly what she wants to hear. And she sort of complains that Chris is like being too chill about it. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure. Clint and Gina go to get his hair done. We go to her friend. I'm sure the stylist is her friend. His name is Marlon. He seems great. He's real cute. Um, Marlon makes me laugh. Or maybe it was Gina who said they're going to turn him from Jesus to Bradley Cooper. It was Marlon. And I was like, we've talked a lot about whether Clint looks like Bradley Cooper. And this was, you know, long ago. So that was funny. So I guess that is his celebrity doppelganger
3: i think his doppelganger is chuck norris that's really who he looks like
2: i would agree with that too
3: (laughs) but there was a scene when they had a confessional where i think that gina and clint they really look good together they're like the perfect height ratio perfect look ratio and i chuckled that at first i didn't know he was getting a haircut i just thought like once again gina's taking him to the salon again like,
0: no family,
2: no friends, no dinner. It's to the salon again. So that was funny. Clint's haircut is nice, although I do actually think it was better before.
3: I didn't like it.
2: They did it. Was it was too short.
3: Like, what is the review? And it was all slick back. But how did the ponytail look nice? But this didn't work. Isn't it essentially the
2: same idea? It, 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 I guess, <laughs> but it just. I do, I mean, he probably did need a professional cut. Um, but yeah, I just didn't think it looked that great. I just didn't think there was a huge improvement. I was expecting a whole come on out makeover. <laughs> if he had chopped it all off, we could have had a come on out makeover. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh so next is we see Shaq helping Kirsten with her shoes. She's talking about how she used to go to church with her grandmother. The whole family would go over and go to church with her grandmother. And then she was in the kids' choir. And they talk about her and her siblings singing. And then Shaq and Kirsten go to church. (laughs) (laughs) They show us the outside of a church. Then they go in and sit down. And I'm like, there's no one else in this church. It is not even Sunday. (laughs) Oh,
3: I'm the idiot who thought that they got there early.
2: I'm like, why is the church empty? I was like, oh, did they get there
3: early to film? And then people are gonna set tracing in. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, whose church did they go to? Kirsten's, Shacks? Until it clicked, I was like,
2: oh, it's not even like Sunday. <laughs> there wasn't even a pastor there. It, it, they just sat down and had a conversation. Which honestly is it kind of it was staged completely, but I actually think it was good because it's part of their story because they sit down and they talk about how they want to go to church. Shaq says he always went to church. He never, no one ever had to force him and that it's something they want for their marriage. And they both talk about their prayers. So Shaq talks about asking God for direction. Kirsten says that she prays daily for both of them and for their marriage and that God will watch over them and guide them, but that they have to do the work. Shaq says he prays that we continue to grow.
3: Cause faith without actions is dead, but Amen. I just I just remember that Olajuwon and Katina did the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here's what here's what's different about Kirsten and Shaq's. They got all dressed up. He was wearing her shoes, like you thought it was like it was. They were in their Sunday outfits, so <laughs> they fooled us. Although when Shaq was wearing her shoes, I was like, oh, they married married. When your husband starts wearing your shoes for you, but then I also remember that Justin did that for Alexis, so there's that.
2: There's that. I do. I think that when Katina and Olajuwon went to church, I want to say that was her actual church. (laughs) And that was part of the story. Like, she was pointing out things. We used to sit there. We used to, am I crazy?
3: I do not remember that. I just remember they were sitting in an empty church, too, talking (laughs) about their moms and cancer and all that stuff. But they didn't (laughs) dress up. It wasn't like a thing they didn't That's make us true. think it was sunday <laughs> and there was like brunch afterwards
2: <laughs> i'm so curious this is the day of the week that they went to fake church well they went to a real church but uh what so day of week her, was it
3: so on her twitter it was like tuesday at 3 p.m
2: <laughs> i know right
3: <laughs> and i was like will Shaq have time
2: who knows <sighs> so Jas and eris go to a medium i think she's a medium and do readings? Yes, Jasmine and Michael all over again.
3: <laughs> we are at the point of maths where you can find a corresponding scene
2: <laughs> for another season. So it, it it's it's real unfortunate. Um this medium has some methods. So for instance, she makes them write their name and then she reads them through their handwriting. Um they there's a thing with cards. Um there's a lot there i'm very suspicious of these mediums every single time you should be because i'm like <laughs> surely they told this one that she was gonna be meeting with a couple who are married at first sight because <laughs> she had a lot of like oh you know you don't know each other or you leap- you looked without leaping i'm like okay yeah you you would know that if you knew that they were on a show called married at first sight yeah um Then she says the whole thing about Eris and the strong presence of a female bringing him food. And I was like, every single child on Earth has had a female bring him food. Every last one.
3: Could also be Felina.
2: (laughs) You know? (laughs) He's like, oh, that's my great grandmother. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst one to watch something like this. She says a lot of positive things. She says to Jasmine that Eris truly wishes her well. He's a man of his word. She says there's a good connection there. She says his grandma likes Jasmine, and she's the first girl that she likes. Great grandma, sorry. She also says something about Jasmine having old-fashioned energy Mm. and that she's an old soul. I thought that was a little true.
0: Mm. You didn't like
3: it. (laughs) I did not like it. I was like is that a compliment like if someone tells me you have old-fashioned energy i would not take it as a compliment but people were like it could be then someone now described it as submissive and something else i was like yeah definitely it
2: is not a compliment to me <laughs> but that's so funny to for me. Different people <laughs> so what is it's funny, funny to me because i would never like you know me i would not be supportive of traditional but i just i thought it was a compliment like i don't know what old-fashioned energy is but it sounded good
3: yeah don't call me that Uh, though okay (laughs) 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 um what was i gonna say oh my god i forgot i forgot i forgot i forgot it, it was just funny to me when he said eris wishes her well what screams friend zone More than... I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow wished that to her prosecutor. (laughs) I wish you well. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Oh, man. This is such a funny scene. Oh, I was going to say, like, the only thing... I'm pessimistic about mediums also, but just like Jasmina and Michael, like, even on After Party, they always mention that one thing that no way anyone knows, like, producers or anything, and that's what always makes them kind of believe in it even when they go in pessimistic mentioning something that there's no way they would have known about
2: true but it's funny to me that they never show that one on camera we always have to hear about it later okay so next (laughs) the last thing the medium tells them is that they should make their decision from the heart um next kirsten is finally having his family dinner (laughs) Through the course of watching them take food out of packages and heat it up, Mm. we learned that her... (laughs) I'm sorry for conning these people. I'm sure they're very, very busy. But I was like, really? You can't cook a meal? Okay. Um, It was just weird. I'm just glad she put it in a plate. I really wasn't expecting
3: that. I thought it was going to stay in the styrofoam, and she was just going to serve it that way. And then I was looking for a dining table, and I was like, oh, I guess they don't have dinings. So... um... I'm with you on the clowning, sorry.
2: <laughs> uh, it is ridiculous that they couldn't find them a place with a dining table. the number of times that they have to eat meals with people and shoot eating meals with people, and then they have to sit there on a sofa. What are you doing lifetime? yeah um, so we find out that her brother can't come because he's working. Shaq has some like underhanded thoughts about that, but he kind of keeps it to himself. Um, <laughs> Jasmine I mean Kirsten sings to we're a working family. <laughs> So, um, we see a little thing. Shaq goes to... Kirsten is on the phone with her mom talking about where she should park. Shaq goes to find her mom. We see the thing say eight minutes past. And then we see 15 minutes past, and that's when they actually walk back in. (laughs) I'm like, how big is this building? How big is this parking lot? Where was she? Shaq says in an interview... That they planned a family dinner and the only person that showed up is her mom. He's like, what is this? I still think there's a fair point there. Like that other episode, we had a cousin. She had all those bridesmaids. Where is everybody? Yeah. They're working.
3: So <laughs> <laughs> well, like I totally I don't want to dismiss the fact that he wants to know if it's him because it's very easy to think, like, maybe like what have you presented to them, Kirsten? That makes them not want to meet me? Like, is it a me thing? And again, as we know, Shaq is sensitive. But I think at this point, it's just moot. Like, you've been fighting this battle this whole time. But he's not wrong in saying that it's weird.
2: Just don't make a fight out of it. Um, so they sit down with her mom. Um, she, she, Like, at one point, she gives him, like, this big group hug. It was sweet. Um, and she says, how are things going? And Shaq starts talking about work. Work is good. The students are good. They got the largest freshman class ever, the largest enrollment in school history. BT dubs, that tracks for HBCUs. College enrollment is down everywhere except for HBCUs. Their enrollments are all up, Um, which is great news. So she says that she's glad that he's having a wonderful school year. And then Shaq goes into how he's not his best self right now because he saw that Kirsten had guards up in the beginning and he tells a story about how he worked to take her bricks down but he thinks he might have used those bricks to build his own wall and he understands that Kirsten wants quality times and sometimes it may not be enough. Kirsten asks for, you know, basic, like, I want you to feel happy to see me. I don't want you to be stressed out and overwhelmed and we can't just be existing. We need to do more. And that's what will make us fall in love whenever that time comes. Shaq talks more about growing, but how they're like, they need to grow together and be on the same path. Um, what do you think of all this?
3: Nothing to be honest, okay. because it's okay. the same thing that they've been talking about. They just have a new audience.
2: And her mom tells them to let go of expectations that they just need to enjoy each other. I think, and depending on who you're dealing with, that's good advice. But I also feel like you're saying like, don't, she's not saying this, but I think it could be interpreted to mean like, don't bother having standards. I think that (laughs) it's not too high of an expectation to expect your husband to greet you when he walks in the house.
3: Yeah. Um, again, I had my thoughts, but what you said just made sense. So I have to rethink what I'm saying. So the way I interpreted it was like, they are two people who have really high expectations that sometimes may not be realistic for people, that, for people that marry people that you just met. It could be something as simple as her expectations of what a man is, his expectations of she needs to follow him everywhere. And then because she didn't do one thing, Oh my God, then maybe you're not the wife that I want to be. And not being so hung up on things so much. And she's like, just be, just live, just whatever. And in that sense, it made sense. Like, just lower your expectation. Don't expect this person to just get it right all the time.
2: Yes. And I think, yes, they could both stand to do that. I'm really hung up this week, though. I think seeing that video... I am very hung up on Shaq's rudeness and inconsideration. Yes. Clint and Gina are designated the most struggling couple. I don't know how Jasmine and Eris missed this title. Because but there were
3: We're missing what? something we're missing something within the cast. Everyone seems to think that they're the ones that have
2: grown exponentially. For I some reason. Just think Eris started covering better. <laughs> Say giving public
3: declarations.
2: <laughs> I I don't think it's wrong of him in, or anything. It's just Yeah, they have not grown. They're the same, they have the same problems they are always had. Yep. I think Ares is just trying harder to cover them up with positive actions and positive thoughts. Yep. <laughs> anyway. So because Gina and Clint are our struggle couple, they get a visit from Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper. So Dr. Pepper says that they are here in this moment to talk about accountability and responsibility. So she's like, uh, so, you know, when I was here last time, I told you to do certain things. Have you done them? And we get to see a flashback of Dr. Pepper asking them to go see uh, Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> I just thought you guys could have picked any other emotional movie. And you did, they didn't do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And they are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dr. Pepper makes the comparison that if they had been told that they needed to go pick up $3,000, they would have gone and done that, but they didn't do her exercise. Well, the exercise is worth $3,000, Dr. Pepper. Sorry. <laughs> so... Dr. Prepper said she wants them to do things on the emotional side because they're both rational people. And if they do these things and they are unchanged, then maybe it'll evoke something. I don't know. Clint says it's been a crazy week that they after they met with her, they went straight on the retreat. Like they didn't have time to do this stuff, which I agree with.
4: Mm-hmm. I think
2: they're still like working at their jobs and stuff. They don't have time to do this, as much mm-hmm. as they don't want to. They don't want to. Okay, that's the key word. They just didn't want it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pastor Cal says that they look comfortable sitting next to each other. I'm like, is that supposed to be a revelation? That's the same comfortable they look like before. (laughs) Gina says that they haven't progressed past friendship and they've been doing all the things that should spark that. Dr. Pepper says, well, at the wedding, there was a lot of touching and kissing. Gina says it was the moment. She doesn't think there was ever a real physical draw. Clint said it was the pressure of people. you know they came all this way for a wedding, so you know we just were doing wedding stuff. Um, yeah, uh I find that every
3: time an expert comes to talk to them about their relationship, Gina does a lot of the talking, and I don't know why. Clint just kind of takes the back seat. And then she just starts going on about it on and on, and then he only speaks like when they directly ask him a question, and I'm just fascinated by that dynamic. What what do you think causes it? I don't, I don't. There's something about I don't know if Clint freezes when an expert comes, and then he always finds out new information, and it's like Gina is ignited when an expert is around. No, I, 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 it was just something that clicked today for me. Cause I remember when Dr. Pia came and she just says whatever she wants to say and Clint is just quiet. And he's like, Oh, okay. You feel that way. Oh, I didn't know that. So I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I just noticed that they let her do a lot of talking and they don't do a lot of checking. Like they should like checking her. I mean, so I don't know. Okay.
2: It's kind of like Ben and Morgan. (laughs) How they would go. And Ben would just sit there. And Morgan would go on and on about what a trash human he was. Um. (laughs) And they wouldn't check her. (laughs) So, yeah. So, they have a lot of repetition where they talk about how much they have in common. Um, And then Gina repeats some stuff from last week. Not feeling like a wife. She makes the point, which is probably true. She's like, yes, he cooks. It's great. He's not cooking for me. He's cooking for himself. And I kind of just happened to be there. And he would do it for Eris and he would do it for any of our other friends, the things that he does. There's no intentionality behind it. It's true, but this doesn't need to be an accusation towards him in this moment.
3: Ada, I can express to you how
2: angry I was at this session. So I'll let you play out the scene. So before that, she talks about how she, ha- well, hate is a strong word. She's not attracted to Clint's personality. The sense of humor, the wanting to be the center of atten- the life of the party, and yeah. Okay, we heard it all last week. Clint is actually hearing this in front of her for the first time though, and he is in shock. <laughs> uh, he actually says, takes credit for not being a great husband, but... Like, all of this, she doesn't like my party personality is just... He wasn't expecting it because he'd never heard it before.
3: I felt so bad for him. Because he actually looked blindsided and hurt at the same time. Because I know I've said this many times. Gina is careless with her words. I just... I don't understand why she doesn't see Clint as a human being. And every time she says... She didn't feel like a wife. I keep thinking, like, the patience that he gives to you for all of the shit that you give him. Honestly, you could see that as being a husband. Yes, he's cooking for himself. But considering what Eris told us, that sometimes he says she's cooking and she comes with her own food, he could easily proceed and just start cooking for himself without her. I don't know if you saw that article that was going around uh, about couples who's, um, where the wife makes more money. And one of the guys was like, he just does his own laundry and he does not do his wife's or his kids. He just does his. So there are households where people do things just for themselves and he could easily cook just for himself. Like you could always get something else to eat. So he's still thinking about you. We don't know if the food that he makes for himself or his, the menu is because of things that Gina might like. And that's still thinking of you. It's still something thoughtful. So the way she dismisses it is not kind, you know? And at some point she said, people laugh at you. And then she used words like, you give me secondhand embarrassment. And uh, those are not, choose your words carefully. Like this is something that you're going to leave on someone. People always remember how you made them feel and the things that you said about them. Yes, he's 40, but he's still a human being. I did not appreciate this at all. And I did not appreciate none of the experts asking her, how did you make him feel
2: like a husband where you would have received it? Because people don't get called out for stuff. And I also, I said it last week and I'll say it again. Cause I feel like this week is more of the same. Gina knows that she is saying no on decision day. She now needs to craft a narrative of why she's saying no. She's decided that. I don't know how she came to that conclusion. <sighs> Clint doesn't feel the same way. He's also going to say no on decision day, and he knows it. But he doesn't feel the... I don't know what he's going to say when it's time. But he's not trying to set out things to be like, well, this is why I said no. But Gina wants to be able to say, well, he was crass, and I didn't like his sense of humor, and he embarrassed me at parties. Uh, mm. And so she's come up with this. And you're right. It's very careless. He, yes. And he seemed very blindsided. And still yeah. took the time to say, well, I, I understand that I didn't, you know, I didn't do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, that's very gracious of you. Very gracious of you. Because mm-hmm. what did she do?
3: Yeah. He even said, I would take accountability for where I sucked, but to say all these things. And it's also bullshit because she's pulling that Haley thing that, Kevin Fraser took in the reunion and was like, oh, if he, if Jake had just done this, then maybe Haley would have been more receptive. And I'm like, Gina, don't act like if Clint had done X, Y, Z or whatever, that you would have maybe changed your mind or considered you had made up your mind from the honeymoon that you wanted nothing romantically to do with Clint. So it's not fair. Like you said, she's crafting something. It's just not fair to put it on him. And it's almost like you're taking advantage of his kindness because we've seen some shitty men on this show and he could go all the way left
2: the other way. I think we'll get to the end and and Clint will never say a bad thing about her. He doesn't have anything bad to say. I think that's the difference. He really doesn't. Beyond we're not compatible. Even she talks about work too much. He doesn't say that even though it's true.
3: Yeah, he says she has a passion for work. Like he always crafts things nicely and I don't know why she just can't do that. And for me, what makes me even more annoyed is like, you know what? There's pressure, there's filming. It's the after party where there's not an ounce of remorse. That (laughs) pisses me all the way off. Like (laughs) I cool all the way down and I'm like, whatever. And then we're now in the phase where Keisha is not calling anyone out and she just keeps going and she doubles, almost doubles down on it. And I'm like, Are you even a kind human being? Like, what is going on? So my last hope now is Kevin, but I don't know. I don't know.
2: Uh, Good luck with making your last hope, Kevin. It's hit or miss.
3: (laughs) It is hit or miss.
2: (laughs) So, Tane, who has your bouquet this week?
3: You know, I had somebody at the beginning of the episode, but now my bouquet goes to Kirsten. And it goes to Kirsten as a sort of apology. I feel like I've been hard on Kirsten, but that's what happens when you don't have full information. And I feel like the scales have fallen off my eyes this week. And she's not crazy in all the things she's been saying, because I'm like, what are you saying? Like, he really likes you. He's there. But this is what you've been going through in silence. And I liked how she stood up to him and was like, what are we doing? Do you even like me? You need to show it. And he's like, you never said anything. She goes, well, I'm saying it now. Kudos to her for that. Who has yours?
2: My bouquet goes to Kirsten's mom for showing up to dinner with Shaq, which is what the man had been asking for, (laughs) um, and trying to impart some words of wisdom onto them. I don't know if I love the words of wisdom, but I could totally understand. If you hadn't seen the full picture, it makes sense. So good intentions on her part. Mm -hmm. Who has your burnt ashes?
3: Not going to waste it on Gina because she gets it automatically every week. So it goes to Shaq. Um, (laughs) Dateline Cam was not your friend this week. It's not cool. We already called you needy. And now you're just not being apologetic and you're being cold towards your wife. And she's trying to be nice to you. Not cool, bro. Not cool. Who has yours?
2: I mean, I hate to do this, but I have to give it to Shaq too. (sighs) I just cannot fathom, not even your wife, just anybody that you're living with somebody, they stay up late, they ask you if you want food, and you apparently don't even have enough home training to even acknowledge them. Yeah, Um,
3: that was wild. (laughs) That was so wild, I couldn't believe it.
2: it, It's not good, it's not good. Meanwhile, you're crying about how she didn't go to Memphis. Um, (laughs) Who wants to go to Memphis with someone who's extremely rude to them? Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway. That's it for this week. You can find Tane on the rewatch with Nana. They have just released the first episode of Sex in the City, season 6B. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media.
3: We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen. Please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we will be here for the next episode next week. Bye. Bye, guys.